Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. Thank you for being back here with us on this new episode. And for those of you guys listening in real time, happy Tuesday. So I have a doozy of an episode for you today that I am so curious to see who am I talking to about this topic. I don't know if it's going to land for everybody, but man, if this resonates with you, would you do me a favor and either comment on my social media, shoot me an email, rachel at rachelwortman.com. You know, just let me know. It would mean a lot. You can leave a comment on the podcast itself as well. But I want to talk today about mercy. You remember on uh, Full House, the original, you know, and, and uh, Uncle Jesse would go, have mercy, right? Uh, today we're going to talk about what it means to have mercy. This is something God has been really beating me over the head with over the last few months. And I, I say that with all love and kindness, right? Of course, he's a good God, but sometimes he kind of grabs us by the shirt a little bit and and lovingly makes us look at something we don't want to look at, Right. And I guess I should give a little bit of a backstory to let you guys know kind of my personality. For those of you guys that that don't know me um, in real life, my personality, I am a very justice-bent person. Uh, I I have always seen life in black and white. And the the white is, you know, the, the light of the spectrum is what I believe to be true. And the dark part of the spectrum is what I don't believe to be true. And I have at times been guilty of being very stubborn to even acknowledge there could be any light in the dark side of the scale. Uh, I just really, that's kind of how I'm wired. I mean, all of my closer friends at different times of my life until I met the Holy Spirit really would point this out to me and say, look, you know, it's exhausting how black and white you are. It's like you are just convinced of your rightness all the time. And if anybody has a different opinion, it's like, that's it. When I met the Holy Spirit, I began to realize that um, I could draw on the empathy of the Lord, that I could have a little bit of a softer approach, went through several rounds of, of very kind and loving rebukes from spiritual leaders and calling this out of me, which needed to be called out. And I kind of, you know, merged myself into, I grew, a better way to say it would be, I grew into the kind of person who was able to see both sides when I chose to see both sides or chose to look at both sides. Now, my husband is like Switzerland. He He's always capable of seeing both sides. So maybe part of this is just being married to him for so long that I began to realize there's more going on than my snap judgments. I'm a discerning person, and that sometimes comes with a lot of judgment as well, right? Discerners need to learn to let go of the judgmental side of their personality, and I'm sorry if I'm calling you out, but it probably needs to be said. A lot of times our suspicion and our first snap judgment we think is discernment from the Lord, and we can be um, a little bit polarizing as people. Let me just you know say it as graciously as that. So I really felt like I had grown into what I perceived to be a merciful person over the years. When I lived at home, my mom would always say to me, you know, you really don't have any mercy inside of you. And I don't know. I don't know if that's like the best thing to say to a kid. It wasn't a wounding thing. It just was sort of like, yeah, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. You know, why would I give mercy to someone who doesn't deserve it? 
Except that the fundamental definition of mercy is extending something to someone who doesn't deserve it. But never mind that, right? In my world, it was, look, if you don't deserve it, why would I do this? What, what possible gain would I have? Of course, over the years, that part of me has softened tremendously. But there's still a little twinge of that in me, right? I do believe it's sort of like the nature of my personality. So I'm kind of always fighting that a little bit. And specifically, the closer to me that you are in proximity, right? So it's very easy for me to be merciful to people that I don't have to see or live with. It's very easy for me to be merciful with people who I don't go to church with, right? People who I don't see on a week in and week out basis. That is a different kind of mercy. Well, over this fall, the previous fall, I um, found myself in a situation where um, some family dynamics and things like that, where I realized that I needed to do something differently. I found myself feeling so black and white about my opinion with people who are, you know, sort of lifelong journeying with me. Like I, I, I can't do anything about the dynamic of those relationships. And it was breaking my heart because they just could not see where I was coming from. And I came to this point of realizing it's not black and white, right? It's two blacks or two or two whites. It's it's there's two sides to every story and sometimes there's even more to that because we're all bearing witness to the same thing from our own vantage point. And if I'm going to be like Jesus, I have to make space to accept that their perspective might not be mine. Now, I'm the kind of person and maybe it's because of everything I've just said to you. I'm the kind of person who genuinely believes that there is a right truth in almost every circumstance, but that truth is in the person of Jesus, and some of us may not actually be able to see it given our um, desire or lack thereof to know Jesus, right? Some of us will choose to the narrative of the world um, even though there's a truth that Jesus is holding in that moment. So I know that, and I want to just recognize that. But, you know, in a lot of relational dynamics, there's more than one truth at play, and so God was leading me to scriptures like Micah 6, 8, to walk justly, to love mercy. And I began to feel the Holy Spirit saying to me, Rachel, what would it look like for you to love mercy? <laughs> oh, Jesus, I don't think you know what you're asking. To love mercy? Not just to be okay with it, to be indifferent about it, to accept that it has a, you know, its time and place, but to actually love being merciful. I don't know what world you're living in, God, but it's certainly not 2020, 2021. It's not in that era. What does it look like for you to love mercy? And God began to show me that Jesus became mercy itself. He didn't just extend mercy at times, and, and I think that's an accurate truth as well, but he became mercy. It's very interesting to, to think about. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never experienced anything harder than extending genuine, true mercy to people who don't deserve it. Maybe you have. Maybe that's just because of how I'm wired, like I shared earlier, you know. But for me, I'm not sure I've experienced anything harder than extending true mercy. Mercy. 
So we're going to talk about that a little bit, because if you're like me at all, you probably need to know some of the things that God has been speaking to me in this process. Because one of the things that happens is if we're going to walk in mercy, if we're going to be people who love mercy, we also need to be people who are not being taken advantage of. A lot of times, if you're wired like me, you might look at merciful people and think, well, they just don't know how to stand up for themselves. They don't know how to contend for the truth, or they are too forgiving of things that maybe shouldn't be forgiven. And and maybe that's a valid perspective, right? But if we're going to love mercy, which is what the Bible asks us to do, then we have to learn this fine line in extending mercy and not being taken advantage of because for a lot of people, to give mercy feels like becoming a doormat. To give mercy actually feels like a powerless thing, not a powerful thing. But I want to say to you today that giving mercy is always from a place of strength. When someone is taking mercy from you, it's not actually mercy. They might be taking power, they might be taking advantage, they might be manipulating you, they might be, you know, pulling on your heartstrings and and asking you to let go of something that matters to you for their own peace of mind for whatever reason. But when we actually give mercy, mercy by definition cannot be given from any place except from a place of strength because they don't deserve it. And because they don't deserve it means that you recognize who they really are. So it's not something that you do to be taken advantage of. Mercy is not a lack of boundaries. Mercy and forgiveness, I'm talking about like merciful forgiveness, right? We can forgive people and just say, you know what, I I have no... Um, no desire to, to, to be in your life anymore and I'll forgive you and we'll just kind of part ways and leave it at that. And that's okay. That's needed sometimes in life. But there's a higher place as well that if we allow ourselves to become strong enough in the Lord, we can actually extend the mercy that isn't deserved. You guys know I'm a huge proponent of boundaries. I did an episode of boundaries just a couple episodes again, and I I stand by boundaries hardcore. Like it's a huge foundational thing in my life. But in this process, what I felt like the Lord was saying to me was, Rachel, there's actually a level above boundaries that you can get to in your heart. And that's mercy. That's mercy. But he said, you can't get there until you become so strong in me. Until you let me become so strong in you that you are walking as though we are one, as though you're not lacking anything. So when you're around this difficult person or these difficult people, you're able to live from a different perspective because it's not about what they're taking from you or what they're doing to you. You are now in me and you are extending mercy to them as though it was me extending mercy through you. Now, listen, guys, I, I don't, I'm not suggesting everybody just pursues this. This is very, very difficult, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe you guys are mercy experts, and I'm just over here lagging behind on this. That's okay, too. But for those of you that are like me, I think you're understanding the gravity of what I'm saying. See, boundaries are helpful. They protect us. They, they give us our power back, right? They help us to, to make our own decisions. And when I say give us our power back, I'm talking about our autonomy. When we're in a difficult relationship that needs a boundary, a lot of times we feel like we don't have a voice in that relationship. And so boundaries help us be able to say, look, this is what I'm going to do or not do. 
And there's a place we can rise to, I would say, for lack of a better word, above the place of boundaries where we are extending mercy. That does not mean we're extending trust. It doesn't mean we're extending proximity, but we're extending mercy. How do you do this? What does it look like? I think more than anything, it has to do with what's happening within our very selves. Mercy is not pity. It's not looking at someone and saying, oh, you, you know, you just can't get your life together. I guess I'll be merciful to you. Mercy is not pity. It's not, it, and it's not, um, you know, it's not self-righteousness either. Like I'm so great and you are, are so bad. And so therefore I'm going to, you know, extend my scepter and, and bequeath unto you mercy, right? No, it's from the heart place of saying, you know what? At the end of the day, all of us are standing on the other side of the cross, needing Jesus's sacrifice to make us whole. And maybe in this moment, in this dynamic, in this relationship, I'm standing on the cross with Jesus united with him because of what he's already done in me and extending a bridge to you to be able to maybe experience that for yourself as well. That's mercy. That's mercy. We can do this from a, a place of, of self-empowerment. And, and again, what I'm, I'm not at all using the worldly verbiage of that. I'm using that in a way of saying in our self-control, we get to make the decision, Right? We're not obligated. I think this is interesting. We are obligated to forgive. We're we're invited to forgive. We're obligated to forgive, right? Jesus even says in this very, very cryptic scripture that if we don't forgive other people, he won't forgive them, which is probably a podcast for another time. But there's something about our role in, in forgiving that's important to the Lord, but we're not obligated to give mercy. I believe mercy is something that happens, that it's a byproduct or an overflow from intimacy with the Lord. When we're close to his heart, we begin to think like him and we begin, we begin to realize the types of decisions people make when they're a mess, when they feel trapped, when they're powerless, when they feel like they don't have a voice, when they feel so wounded, they feel they need to walk on everybody else to feel good about themselves. Whatever the case may be, we begin to be united with Jesus and see that person from his perspective and something else comes out of us. It's no longer black and white. It's sort of this muddled, taupey gray. And we have this opportunity to be like Jesus in that moment. I feel like it's a good time to just reiterate to you that powerful people do not let themselves be manipulated. But yet they can be merciful. See, powerful people, this is what we want to be, right? And when I say powerful, I don't mean because we take it from someone else. It's because we recognize who we are. We recognize we are one with the Lord. We recognize there's no weapon that can ever be formed against us that can actually prevail because we are in Christ Jesus. We recognize that everything we do is from the throne of God himself, the God of the universe. See, when we are powerful, what we're doing is acknowledging the power of Jesus that is within us. It's not for our own gain. It's not something that we wield for our own control. It is being a conduit of the one who is all things. You, my friend, are so powerful. You are so much more powerful than you think. Your voice is so powerful to the Lord. You have autonomy. You have this ability to make your own decisions. You've been given self-control. And therefore, you get to decide how you're going to be. And because of that, there's no, no way I'm going to say to you, look, you need to be merciful. 
Because the essence of mercy is something that we extend from our closeness to Jesus's heart. We don't choose to be merciful because somebody is manipulating us, because somebody is coercing us, because somebody is saying, look, you know, uh, I, I want this conflict to go away and therefore you must see it from my perspective or you just need to fix it. You know, that, that's not necessarily mercy. Mercy is choosing to see life from how Jesus sees it and and treat other people the way that he's treating them. But again, I'm not talking about manipulation. For some of you guys listening to this, I imagine this feels very nerve-wracking. And again, I want to make sure you understand I'm not putting a yoke on you to, to become this absolutely merciful person at all costs. What I'm just saying is I want to throw a, a little you know hook into the future like we talked about last week. I want to just have an anchor point for you to think about in a different way. That you're actually invited by God to walk justly and love mercy. There's something about the way the kingdom of God works that when we extend mercy to people, he is able to, to engage with them in a way that, that is more free over them. I don't know about you. I don't think it works on everybody because the person has to be willing to change. But there's something really incredible about being able to extend mercy as well. In some of these situations that I've been walking through, one of the things that really blew me away was when I let go of the black and white, when I chose to be merciful, something lifted off of me. Something lifted off of me. I realized that I didn't have to protect myself with boundaries anymore in this dynamic, that Jesus was giving me the protection that I needed. And in my willingness to extend mercy, I also knew that if it wasn't received, if it wasn't handled well, if I was treated poorly, I have permission to make a decision, right? I have a permission to walk away. I have permission to, to, to protect, you know, to let God protect me, to speak to me in that moment. I think one of the downsides of boundaries is a lot of times we get stuck in the trap that we're protecting ourselves. And as long as we're protecting ourselves, it's really hard for the Lord to be our protector, because we're not vulnerable with him, right? We start to protect ourselves from him because we're worried about what he might say. Maybe he's going to ask us to let a boundary go. Maybe he's going to ask us to <laughs> revisit a boundary or whatever, and that feels scary. But when we're merciful because we are understanding who Jesus is, it's, it's a much more free way to live. I guess I should end by making sure everybody knows that I don't consider myself a merciful person after the last few months. If we're just being transparent and honest, I still feel like I'm learning this. I have panic moments when I think about it still. So by no means are you to walk away from this episode saying, oh, Rachel, Rachel is the picture of mercy. I don't think any of you would think that anyway. But I'm not. I'm on this journey of trying to understand it. But I really felt like the Lord wanted me to share this um, this journey with you guys because ultimately this podcast is called The Art of Being You, right? And this is one of the ways that I'm learning how to be myself. What is myself? Well, it's who Jesus is. It's the best of, uh, it's the best of me and who he created me to be coupled with all of who he is. And he is merciful. So guess what? I get to learn mercy. And... Uh, Hasn't that been quite the ride? <laughs> so look, if you're like me and this is resonating with you, feel no shame. But I do want to encourage you, dream a little, think a little, 
ask the Holy Spirit, what do you have for me in this? What do you want me to walk away from this uh, podcast knowing? Um, Yeah. And until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.